0: Jewish Audio on Chabad.org. The 316th of Rambam corresponds to the 10th, 11th, and 12th chapters of the laws of Sanhedrin, the laws of the Jewish judiciary. So, we have mitzvahs of, about, of, of a punitive nature. Yesterday we learned about uh, certain mitzvahs that are connected to punitive nature, certain punishments that have to be carried out. And, and we learned about... Um, even certain details that have to be done with the body, in a very extreme case, of somebody who is put to death for a capital offense. So today's mitzvah, we have another, another capital offense actually, but this mitzvah is couched in a little bit of, let's just say, unusual terminology. I, I, I mean unusual vis-a-vis the, the concept of, of Torah capital punishment, as I'll explain. So the mitzvah in the Rambam system comes out to be 310. It's a negative mitzvah. The warning we were given, do not allow the sorcerer to live. It says in the Torah. This is uh, ch- chapter 22 of Sefer Shemosa, so the book of Exodus. Verse 17, it says, the, the sorcerer you will not allow to live. And the the Torah says, and if we will look the other way, because you know we just wouldn't be nice. And we don't want to do this kind of stuff. But it's not what Hashem tells us to do. So if we do that, ovrim al mitzvat then we violate the negative commandment of the Torah. The lowrak should be talnu mitzvata it's not only as an instance of when somebody else is obligated because been convicted, and we have a responsibility then, we have a, a mitzvah obligation to put them to death, the courts would have this obligation. So in this case, <laughs> not only would we have ignored the positive commandments of the Torah, like the ones that we talked about earlier, but here it's machalnu l'echad me'michuyo ve'mises bezden that in those cases we only violate a negative mitzvah. In this case, we would end up violating a positive mitzvah as well. Pardon me, a negative mitzvah as well. Okay, so he, here's, I think, what the Rambam is trying to say. If you take a look in the book of Mishnah Torah in in the, the Laws of Sanhedrin, so actually, in Pederkir Dalad, Halacha Gimel, the Rambam says, the Rambam says that Whenever we have a situation, Kol Bezdin, Misu also Anybody who's obligated, the Bezdin has a responsibility to put him to death, God forbid, in these terribly extenuating circumstances, and they didn't do it, says the But they didn't violate a negative commandment, it only violated a positive commandment. The Torah said, You should do such and such. The one exception is Mahashev the sorcerer. She isu. If they didn't put him to death, of then you would violate a negative mitzvah of the Torah. So the Rama says almost the same thing. It sounds a little clearer to me in the book of, of Mishta Torah. And the point is that this capital punishment is different from all the other capital punishments because the other capital punishments are positive mitzvahs. The Torah doesn't say, don't allow something to happen. The Torah says, you should do this. So, for example, a person, chas shalom, misses a day of putting on film, God forbid. So... What what negative mitzvah did he violate? What avera per se? What sin did he commit? The answer is no sin. It's no there's no sin that he committed when he didn't put on film. What did he lose? He ignored the divine calling. Hashem is saying, please do a mitzvah. She says, I'm too busy, I can't. So he it's called being mivatil, it's called nullifying or doing away with a positive commandment that Hashem gives us in his Torah. Then there are certain mitzvahs which Torah says don't do such and such. So a person eats not kosher food, then he's violating a negative mitzvah of Torah. Torah said don't do that, and here the person said, "Yeah, I'm going to do that." Now in this instance, it's 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 interesting because it's a negative mitzvah of Torah, but what's required actually is an action. You, you need to do something. You need to go ahead and put this person to death. The courts need to administer the capital punishment. And if they don't administer the capital punishment, that's the problem. The problem isn't that they didn't fulfill a positive mitzvah of putting him to death. The problem is they were not allowed not to do this action, which kind of... So then we have a, an affirmative action, but it is couched in, in the terminology of machat lo alotachaye, which means that it becomes, in fact a negative mitzvah. So this is uh, the only one of, of these kind of mitzvahs. And of course, you, you may ask the question, what difference does it make? If we call it a positive mitzvah or we call it a negative mitzvah, the end result is the same. Here's what you have to do. So the Radvah says something very interesting. He says, what happens if a person was convicted and he's being taken to a situation where they have to take away his life, put him to death, and somehow he breaks out of his chains? And, and he starts fighting. And there's, there's no choice. They have to kill him in some other way. So there's a shootout, let's just say. Or, or, or there becomes a struggle. And in the end, the witnesses end up killing him. But they didn't kill him in the manner that described by the Torah. So in the other four instances, the different mito that we talked about, the capital punishments that the bezdin carries out, in those instances, so actually the mitzvah wasn't done. It may not be anybody's fault, but the mitzvah wasn't done. The commandment of the Torah was not fulfilled. Because the commandment of the Torah was whatever the particular kind is. And in the same way if somebody should have been uh, uh, put to death, God forbid, in these terrible extenuating circumstances, and he's convicted, and they put him to death with the wrong kind of of death sentence, so, so then the mitzvah wasn't fulfilled. The mitzvah is not that he should be dead. The mitzvah is that this particular kind of punishment should be meted out. Whereas, when it comes to the Macha so here, even though there is actually a certain way in which the person is going to be put to death, there's, but the tradition of Torah ordains a certain way, the point here is much less how he's put to death, but rather the fact that he should be dead. It's kind of like those old western, you know, dead or alive. The point is, once dead or alive, we want, this guy has to be dead. How he, how he gets dead, how he's, how he's no longer alive is less important than the fact that we want him, the Torah says, this person has forfeited the right to be able to go on living. Anyway, very, very hard mitzvah to uh, kind of internalize and understand. Uh, I've said this many times before, you, you never really could study the Torah casually. You have to study the Torah in a very, very deep and a very profound fashion. And then the truth is, there are certain things which we never fully understand. And I just... I just want to say that when I talk about people getting killed. All right, from here we move on to other punitive measures. And in the, by Western standards, this sounds horrible, but actually I, I, don't, I don't think so. I, don't, I think when you compare this to incarceration, um, it's far, far less onerous, and it is far, far less damaging to a person. I've uh, started my chaplaincy in jails at a very young age. I was still a teenager. And uh, I'm not a psychologist, but it seems to me that people, when they are cooped up like rabbits at a certain point, are irreparably damaged by that experience. And the Torah says that sometimes if a person behaves in a very bad way, he gets a flogging. And the flogging is a temporary painful experience. But you know, most people who got flogged did not reoffend. They didn't go to the school of hard knocks and learn how to be a better criminal. They didn't become a little more touched in the head, mind, body, or soul. Instead, they said, oh, that really hurt. I don't think I want to experience that again. And generally speaking, those who were flogged, we know from the Talmud, did not generally reoffend. So that's the mitzvah we're going to talk about now. It's it's also a positive mitzvah. It numbers Reishchav Dalet two hundred and twenty-four. And the mitzvah is Hatzivuy Shenetz Tavino the commandment that God gave us in His Torah, lahalkos to give a flogging. You don't you don't beat him up with your fists. You know, you flog him. And the, the Gemara describes in great detail what exactly the the whip that was used looked like. And this is, unfortunately, in the situation, ha'ovrim al mitzvot misuyamot on particular kinds of averot. Very often when we're learning the mitzvah, I'll tell you that this person is chayev Malchus, that this person becomes obligated, because of what he or she did, to receive a flogging. So this is the mitzvah. This is the mitzvah of the flogging. As the Torah says, and this is found in Deuteronomy 25, verse 2, that the, the Pasuk says, v'hi pilu ha'shofet, the judge has him thrown down, or laying down, the fun of And then in front of the judge, does get to look at him in the eye, you convicted him, you gotta look, judges have to see him, and they he will be flogged before them. now that we are mentioning a, 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 a mitzvah, a negative commandment, no ira losana mitzvah sha chayev malchus. The Rambam says, now we are also, since we're mentioning the idea of certain negative mitzvahs, so that brings to mind the various mitzvahs that the person who who, who contravenes the will of Hashem, and he does something which the Torah ordains should not be done, that that person would receive these lashes or this flogging. To baru, these details of this mitzvah are explained in a special masechet, which has the name makot, which literally means an assault. Alright, so just to frame this a little bit uh, more clearly, in, in the laws of Sanhedrin in chapter 16, the Rambam says, mm-hmm. just like it's a mitzvah that you have to, the Torah ordains that certain people have to be put to death. God forbid. So too, mm-hmm. so too, it is also a commandment of to the Torah that certain people should be flogged. In other words, it's not the same mitzvah. It's the same kind of mitzvah. This person is supposed to be punished in this fashion. And this is another punitive mitzvah. These mitzvot obviously are not incumbent on individuals. We do not believe in vigilante justice. Chatz The Torah does not ordain that the society we live in be a jungle or rife with anarchy. The court system, a mitzvah to establish a court system. And that court system, they have an obligation. They have a sacred duty and a responsibility that... Things should go in a a lawful fashion, and one of the details of their responsibility of enforcing law is that they have the obligation, the moral, holy, spiritual, sacred mandate to carry certain punitive measures out. This is one of the punitive measures, and that's the idea of the pilo hashefet lefanav. That that's the meaning of the pasuk that the judge has him brought before him, and, and the malkas admi- are administered. The Ramam tells us the big difference between these punitive measures and the punitive measures of capital punishment is that capital punishment was only possible in the time that the Beit HaMikdash was still standing. However, when it comes to, as it says, "Ein Donin Otam Elo Befne Abayit," the Rambam himself said very clearly earlier in the 14th chapter that capital punishments only when the Beit Hamikdash is standing, only when the presence of Hashem is amongst us. And the truth is that in the last few decades of the Second Beit Hamikdash, there was so much corruption, we didn't have the idea of capital punishments at all anymore. However, this mitzvah, assuming we have a proper Beth Din, who has smicha. And we have a, a, what we would call a criminal court, which, which we don't, and we won't have until Mashiach comes. So really, nobody should get themselves out of the collar and bother getting upset about this. Because anyway, if you're upset about it, I'm sorry. It is what it is. It's a mitzvah. It's not going to become a reality in Jewish life at, at any time, um, other than the coming of Mashiach. And then everything is going to be great. So we always ask Mashiach all your questions, and everything's going to be fine. Anyway, the point is that this is, according to the Rambam, something that still could be administered in today's day and age, as long as we have shlosha Smuchen. We talked already earlier that Smicha, the kind of ordination which we refer to here in the oral tradition, no longer exists. It has to be Ish Mipi Ish. One person who was ordained by somebody was ordained by somebody going back all the way to Moshe Rabbeinu, and that came to a close after the period of the Talmud. The third and final mitzvah for this morning is something which actually you're going to, this you will relate to very well. And it's the 300th negative mitzvah. The judge and the court is not permitted to administer the kind of flogging which are going to crush a person, which can actually threaten his life. What does this mean? The purpose of flogging, says the Rambam, is not that when the person receives this flogging and it's called 40 minus 1 and I'll soon explain why we use that terminology. The purpose of this is not that the person should be assaulted and beaten or God forbid they should lose their life. The purpose is it's supposed to be a corrective action. And therefore, since it's a corrective action, you can't have one size fits all. You have a big, very, very well-built fellow, very muscular, very athletic. He's going to take to an exact payment from this guy to teach him a lesson. It's not going to be so easy. And you have a puny little fellow. And in the smallest of beating, a few floggings, a few lashes is going to totally have him falling apart. So therefore, each what the flogging has to be commensurate with how much a person can stand, how much pain, how much of an assault a person can withstand. So, if the person could handle the full 39 lashes, okay, so then you The imlo But if he cannot suffer this, then the lashes given, it's not a mitzvah to get 39 lashes, it's a mitzvah to administer the amount of lashes that are going to serve as a corrective medium for this individual and bring him back into a righteous fold. Lo pachos mishalosh makos is always a minimum always of three lashes. And therefore the Torah says that he is given kedei rishato according to his evil. Which does not mean that we analyze each person's evil and say, oh, you are so evil. Your baleful intent is so obvious that you need to have a much larger volume of lashes. Hey, you're not so evil. You're kind of a nice guy. Okay, we'll just give you a few lashes. That's not what it means. It means give you the It means that how much a person is able to take that it should become corrective, and the person will not reoffend subsequently. The highest level, which is ever possible, is forty, but we always minus one because forty really is the max. And we never want to give 40 as you're going to see because it's a terrible sin to hit somebody when they are not deserving of being beaten or they don't deserve a flogging. And, and since 40 is the max, we always stop one before the maximum. That's why it's called, Malkas called Arboim Chaser Achas. 40 minus one. That's, that's the terminology. That's why I we'll won't call it 39. There is also comes something called Shloshim Vitesha. We call it Arboim Chaser Achas because the lashes really are supposed to be 40, but we don't want to, God forbid, ever give a single additional strike. As we're going to explain. So, ubo hazhara, along with this warning comes, milahosev You're not allowed to beat somebody more than they are obligated or more than that the law requires or allows for. Afilu not even once. So this is a person who got beaten. He's a horrible guy. He did these terrible crimes. He's now going to have punishment. I hope he's going to be a mensch after this. 39 times the man received heavy-duty lashes. He was flogged 39 times. And he got a 40th flogging. Big deal. No. He, the court, the law said 39? Then that's exactly... The amount he's allowed to have. If you hit him after 39, he's already healed, he's finished, he has paid the price. Now you're hitting an innocent person. You hit an innocent person, you violate a mitzvah in the Torah. The Torah says, you're not allowed to assault. You're not allowed to ever raise a hand, as we're soon going to see. So you have to do, it says, aboyim, you give 40, lo, Yosef. You're not allowed to give more. The language of the Sifri, in Pasha, she there is like this, im Somebody to get even one additional... He struck him once. Once more than he should have. Over the say he violates a negative mitzvah. The negative mitzvah that we're learning now. I might think that this is only for somebody already got 40 and you had it. I mean, Omid How do you know that this also applies to whatever the Bethdin said? This fellow, they said, the doctors looked at him, he could withstand 22 lashes. You gave him a 23rd, uh, strike. You struck him an extra time. You violate this mitzvah. Talmud Lomer, lo Yosef. Pen Yosef, lest you add. Now the Rambam says something ph- phenomenal. We're talking about a court. And we're talking about a criminal. A convicted criminal. A fellow who deserved to be beaten. Says the Rambam that you should know. Min halav It is from this very negative commandment to the Torah. That the warning comes, you're not allowed to hit any fellow. You're not allowed to hit your fellow. yid. Says, Think. This is a sinner. Not just a sinner. The kind of sinner that the Torah says, you have to hit him. It's a mitzvah to hit him. Not if anybody hit him, but the court has to hit him. But it's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to hit this person. Under certain controlled circumstances, a certain person, a certain situation, the court, lawfully, it's a mitzvah to hit him. But it's a mitzvah to hit him. You hit him even one time more than you're supposed to, you violate the Torah's code. You're doing a sin, you're doing an Aveira. So the says, kolada, a person is not a criminal, he's not deserving of, 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 of being beaten, and you're not allowed to hit him, how much more so? Khabarazharnu, we have his hero our sages have already warned us. From a person who begins the action. He starts, he, he, he signifies, I'm gonna hit you. didn't hit him yet. But he raised his arm, he's gonna hit him. The Gemara Sanhedrin on page 58b says, You raise your hand against somebody, al Khavira, and your companion, Lahakosa, to hit him. Nikro Rosha. You're called wicked. Shenema. Moshe Rabbeinu says this. This is found in the second chapter of the book of in the 13th verse. Moshe Rabbeinu encounters Datan and Aviram and they're having this, vocif- this vociferous argument and Datan raises a hand against Aviram and Moshe Rabbeinu says, Stop! He says, What are you doing? Russia?" Moshe Rabbeinu, the mentor says, was the greatest lover of the Jewish people of all time. He turns around to this Jew and he says, "Russia." He calls him a wicked person he didn't say you would be a Russia after he hit him he said he called him Russia. so if Moshe Rabbeinu called somebody a Russia because of his intent to hit then this shows you that if a person would strike somebody certainly he would be violating the Torah's principles and in fact the Rama says this is the 300 mitzvah of the Torah so, so the Rebbe asks a gewaltic question since when does a person become evil because they had a bad intention we really have such a thing. We, don't, we have no such thing. What if somebody wanted to do an Aveda? He wanted to eat non kosher food, shalom, And he went and he bought the food and he was convinced it was not kosher and he finished eating his meal and he found out, eh, bummer, food is kosher. He didn't do anything wrong. So do we say it's an Aveda? Does he ha- the truth is, you wanted to do an Aveda and that's a problem in and of itself. The fact that a Jew wants to do an Aveda is not good. But but you can't say he did an avera. You can't call him a Russia. Call him a Russia for having having uh, thought, maybe in that case he acted in a way which he thought was wrong. Technically he didn't do the wrong thing, but he actually decided to do something, to do something in violation of of, of Hashem's will. Okay, but he didn't do an avera. So over here nothing was done. The person was he was intending to hit somebody. How does it become a Russia? Since when do we become judged by intentions? if the intention is never carried out. So so the Rebbe says a beautiful thing. He says, you know, when the person, it doesn't say the person who wanted to hit somebody, it says when he, a he raised his hand up already. He didn't strike him yet, but that's an action. It doesn't just say a person who said I'm going to hit somebody. It doesn't say a person who thought they were going to hit somebody. It said a person who raised their hand. You raised your hand. If you raise your hand, that's an action. Okay, so what if you punch the guy and he ducked? Are you a rusher? hundred percent. Why? You raise your hand, you threw a punch, <laughs> thank God, the guy ducked. But the fact is, you did an action. Raising your hand is an action. And therefore, it seems that raising a hand to hit somebody, even if you're not successful, it seems very clear that this would be a violation of this mitzvah. I can't tell you that for sure. I think I think that, that that seems to be the pshat. Um, for sure, without any question. If you raised the hand and threw a punch, for sure. Even if you missed him, you for sure called a Russia. You for sure went against the Torah. That's without any question. Whether you technically violated Mitzvah three hundred, is, 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 it seems seems to me that the Rambam is saying yes. That's what it seems to me. He says that, that you tried to hit somebody. You didn't succeed. Okay, so, but you tried to hit somebody. And if you took an action with the intention to strike another person, you automatically are violating this Mitzvah. Now, this is very typical that the Torah conveys. the the responsibilities that we have towards others. I'm I'm using that terminology (laughs) pointedly. I don't like talking about rights, You know, because we're supposed to talk about obligations. It's not people have rights, it's we have obligations to people. So the Torah speaks about the obligation that we have to treat somebody a certain way. When the Torah talks about the obligation of burial, we learned this uh, yesterday, what does the Torah tell us? Who does the Torah talk about? A convicted criminal a person who's been stripped of every vestige of human dignity. In fact, a person that the Torah itself says it's a mitzvah to kill him. And yet, you still have a responsibility to treat human remains with respect. And he still has to be buried. How much more so a regular person? Here, too, the same idea. The Torah is telling us even a person who is deserving of an assault, so to speak, the Torah ordains he should be struck, even that person, the Torah says, you may not strike him or hit him, lest you, you, uh, an, an additional time, lest you violate this mitzvah. And from here, mikol How much more so that any person who is innocent and not deserving of being struck, certainly it would be an avede, it would be a sin in the Torah for us to raise a hand and God forbid to strike them. And that concludes the three hundred sixteenth year of Ramah.